Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is England is Burning for Thursday, September 9, 2021, from the ATL, from Georgia, from the US of A. It is a Thursday morning here in the ATL, and I'm here today by myself. This is Keith by myself to talk about Arsenal. This is your Arsenal weekly feature. Was not able to kind of get a schedule together with uh, with Josh this week, so he's not going to be able to be on with us today, but I'm on by myself. So yeah, you might get a real sh much shorter video <laughs> if it's just me, but I'm here to talk about Arsenal and more specifically talk about Arsenal's uh, possibly flag placing very important statement match, maybe, maybe not against Chelsea last weekend. Now, as you all probably well know that you're watching out there, this was the highlight match of the weekend for the WSL opening. Uh, this was at the Emirates. This was a match that was, you know, the highlight as uh, the headliner highlight for the week. Uh, and I had spoken a lot, a lot about Arsenal going into the season, about all of their signings that they had. And right at the last minute under the wire, kind of a weird, interesting signing of Tobin Heath at the end. Not sure how much she's really going to contribute to the Arsenal squad, but she signed on. Now, if she actually does contribute, that's just another uh, weapon that potentially the Gunners have moving forward. But I had spoken a lot about my feelings about Arsenal, and I felt like they did a lot of good business. They got a new manager, very energetic, with new tactics, new ideas coming into place, you know, and I just was very high and am still very high on Arsenal this season. And so they had gone into this first match, first match out of the gate, and I told y'all, said, look, even if Arsenal were to lose this match, and even if they didn't get a result, there's no re would be no reason to react because you've got to get these new players in. You got to have a new coach in place, so it may take a moment to get things further. Now, on the plus side, however, it must be noted that you know Arsenal had you know a couple of opening games in the uh, Champions League qualifying stages uh, prior to even coming into this match, and actually they have one today as we're recording later on uh, against uh, so. Slavia Prague uh, in the Czech Republic, you know, but, you know, and Chelsea going into this match had really played preseason um, primarily uh, and so forth. So there were different stages of readiness. Uh, and so we may have to look at this as an idea uh, that we may not want to overreact in a positive way too much on this particular result. But it is an important result because remember one of the things I beat Arsenal on last season was the fact that every time Arsenal seemed to play Chelsea or played United up until the last time they played United for that matter, but played City and Chelsea and so forth, they really, really struggled to even get results in place and they really struggled and that's what hurt them in their possible title run last season. First game out of the match against the defending champions against Europe's second best squad and maybe the best squad in Europe, arguably. This was an important match coming through uh, and at the Emirates in front of a in front of a home crowd. Now, despite you want how much you want to talk about the PR nightmare that was Arsenal's, uh, you know, uh, leaflets and emails they sent out in regards to, you know, we got to treat this game differently because it's women which was really misogynistic and disturbing. But, you know, let's look at the play on the pitch, right? Let's, let's do that. Arsenal really needs to kind of get their act together from a front office standpoint. They, they just, just, they are a train wreck from a front office standpoint, no doubt about it. But let's talk about on the pitch and so forth in this particular match. So it's at the Emirates, a nice day. 
you know, in London for a London derby against the Chelsea rivals here. And so, so Arsenal runs out there with a 4-3-3. Not a not a surprising lineup whatsoever. This is a strong lineup that they threw out there. So they had Zenberger in goal. They had um, McCabe on the left, left back. They had um, Beattie on the, in one of the center backs positions on the left. And then Leah Williamson on the right. And then in right back position, you know, they had on um, Noah Moritz. Uh, and then, you know, in the midfield, he had the newcomer Frida Manum. Uh, Kim Little in the middle and Leawati, nice uh, midfield setup there. Mm, one could argue about it a little bit in terms of its strength, but then at the front three, uh, having Iwabuchi, uh, and I really, really think she's going to make a huge impact all year uh, with this team. It was a great signing. Vivian Meadham up front, and then uh, Beth Mead, who uh, Rob, Rob Fratley from the CFCW reminded me, uh, or CFCW Social reminded me that uh, how much Beth Mead is, is a, a bogey player uh, for against Chelsea uh, and definitely was in this match, right? <laughs> she definitely was. Um, and then facing a Chelsea lineup that I'm not going to go through because I went through it with the Chelsea show, but they went with a 3-4-3, different formation uh, than they had played. They were testing it out during preseason. They try to put three in the back, maybe to try to shore up some things and maybe use their wings uh, you know, more offensively um, and so forth. So again, an, another scenario in which Chelsea was not necessarily full strength from a tactical perspective and not at full strength as far as personnel, because when you have people like Ingle, Kirby and Kerr sitting on the bench to start the match uh, for Chelsea, um, you know, you, you're starting with a, a 1B squad rather than a 1A squad. Uh, but nonetheless, you're still facing the, the Royal Blues here. Um, so uh, KG starts in the match trying to fill each other out, um, basically to start off with. But um, but Arsenal wanted to kind of try to, you know, kind of kind of set the stage early for what was going to come in terms of their uh, in terms of their opening. Now, Viva, Vivian Miedema, uh exposed. I mean, she just basically exposed defensive uh, weakness in Chelsea's squad, you know, by, you know, getting around them, Charles. Now, at first I was like, oh, my gosh, what a mistake by Charles. And Charles made like two mistakes there uh, at the same time. She just made two mistakes and not uh, marking correctly. And she should have probably tactically fouled her when she had the chance to give a free kick away, which would have been much better than allowing me to go one-on-one with, um, with uh, a KB. So, but that's not what happened. But I thought also that this was a moment of, I mean, you're going against one of the best strikers in the world also at the same time. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it, it was, there was that moment of brilliance. And I think also Minima really kind of switched things up. I think uh, AKB was, was looking for a different shot uh, and didn't, you know, was looking for a shot and from a different angle didn't come and went from the angle that, that uh, Vivian did went into the net first goal. And I think that was a, a place marker there in the sense of, you know, okay, you know, 
this means business. We're, we're, we're going to go in front for Arsenal. And Arsenal played very, very well. I think for the first, I would probably say first 25 minutes. There were ebbs and flows for them. Uh, there were moments where they had they were in charge and there were moments where they were not in charge. As you look at, we'll talk about the final stats later, but there were moments where they were very keen on saying, okay, let Chelsea have the ball. But that's when they had the lead. Um, there was kind of ebb and flow moments as expected, but you're again, you're going against Chelsea. So you're going to have moments where Chelsea is going to take over and so forth. But, but getting that first goal, I always talk about getting that first goal. So, so, so important, uh, in a big match or in pretty much any match because it sets the stage and depending on how early that first goal is, it can be really, really, uh, critical and having Vivian Medium again, you know, open her account of the season 14th minute. One nil at the Emirates. There you go. There you go. Uh, and so forth. Nine minutes later, Katie McCabe gets a yellow. Interesting call there. Um, and then Aaron, in another moment of brilliance, late, late, late in the match. Uh, and I think Arsenal was kind of getting a little bit leggy and a little bit tired near the beginning, the end of the half. Um, but another moment of brilliance by another uh, by another player on the pitch, but this time in the Royal Blue, and that was Aaron Cuthbert's goal in the 44th minute, uh, assisted by Leopold's. I mean, I mean, you know, there they had stretched out. Chelsea had stretched out Arsenal's defense from one end to the other. Arsenal, you know, is probably one of the things that's underrated for them is their defense um, overall. Um, because I mean, remember they had a run where they didn't give up a goal for like three months or three years. I don't know how long it was, but finally they, they do give up a goal uh, against, you know, I mean, everyone on Chelsea, I think can score. I think people that are not even dressed to play on Chelsea squad um, can go out and probably score for Chelsea. They're that good. Um, but it's no surprise that Aaron Cuthbert comes in and, and she was maybe one of the players in the match for Chelsea, um, you know, getting that goal to even the score right at halftime. Of course, people talk all the time about giving up a goal before half. <laughs> That's really kind of a psychological thing. You're going to go right into the to the dressing room and be like, oh, we just gave up a goal. We're down. It's 1-1 now uh, and so forth. No matter. Uh, no matter, no matter, no matter. Then, of course, it's really important to go right up back out in the gate and uh, right back out and get another goal really quickly uh, and so forth. So in the 49th minute, um, Beth Mead scores. And then later on, Beth Mead scores her second goal in the 16th minute. There goes this sort of bogey player uh, that Rob was talking about. Now, here's where I want to talk about because the Beth Mead goal, everyone's saying that, you know, they, they, they looked like maybe there was a mistake by uh, AKB in that, in that goal by Beth Mead that was probably should have. And I actually, honestly, I shouldn't say probably. It should have been called back. That was offsides. That was a definitely offsides. If I could see it on my television at home, nine, nine million miles away, uh, you know, eating Fritos and drinking coffee like it was no tomorrow – if I could see that it was offsides, it definitely was offsides. Um, and that brings up the question, and there were multiple moments throughout the weekend where, you know, the idea of goal line technology or VAR or things like that were kind of thrown out there is why don't, why doesn't the WSL have this? Why wasn't this not in place uh, for this match? I mean, this was at the Emirates. They definitely got the technology in-house, right? 
but the WSL does not have VAR and they don't have goal line technology. And, and as much as we probably want to say, yeah, they probably should have that and they should eventually. But here's the thing. First step, and I agree with a lot of pundits out there that I heard in the last several days talking about this particular call and talking about some of the calls over the weekend. I think the first step of the WSL, obviously, is to make sure that the, again, that the lines people and the referees are on top, not top level, you know, standing, that they improve the refereeing on the pitch by the human beings involved uh, before they introduce you know, something like more technology and more bar and more goal, goal line technology and so forth. Because if you don't have good people that are looking at this data, looking at this technology in play, and know how to use it, know how to apply it, and they, you know, and so forth, then having the goal line technology and the bar in place isn't going to help as much as you think it will. You've got to have improvement on the people with the people on the actual pitch, the actual referees, the actual lines people, all those people, that's got to improve. We've been talking about this for months and months and months and months, and there's got to be improvement. I understand that there's there's some improvements possibly in the works uh, in terms of, you know, the referees and lines people that are involved in these matches for women, the women's game in England, but it's got to change. It's got to get better before we go into more technology. Either way, Beth Mead gets two goals in this match. She is the player of the match for Arsenal. There's no doubt about it. But there are other uh, other folks involved that I want to talk about. Let's go into some of the stats here. Now, now uh, Ronell Harder scores in the 64th minute uh, to before, – before I get to the stats. Ronell Harder scores in the 64th minute to, to make it 3-2. And I had to question in my mind, like, hey, you know, if that goal didn't stand, then we're looking at a different match, right? We're looking at a 2-2 here. We're looking at a draw instead of three points uh, for Arsenal, uh, potentially. You know, who knows how the game would have turned out, and that's the interesting thing. But that's how football is. And I think at some point later on the season, it's probably going to flip the other way, and probably Chelsea's going to get a call that maybe they shouldn't get. That's what some a lot of people will say. But in this match, they didn't get that call that they should have gotten. Arsenal has three goals and Chelsea ends up with two. And that's how the game ends. And I made a comment during the match when in the 56th minute, uh, Emma Hayes decides, you know what, it's time. It's time to unleash the best players I have on my bench. And um, Sophie Engel, Sam Kerr, Fran Kirby go onto the pitch, 56 minute. Um, and it's like, you know, this is the depth we're talking about. I've talked about depth, more depth and more depth and how important it is when you can fill out a 1B squad that could probably win the league, you know, and then on your bench, you throw out Ingle, who is actually much more critical than you, than most uh, non-observers think Ingle, I think from a defensive standpoint makes that Chelsea squad much stronger. I would agree with Rob on that account uh, and then throw in, you know, uh, other world-class athletes and, and Kirby and Kerr, uh, you're in, you know, and there you go. You have more of a 1A squad to finish this match out. And sure enough, in the 64th minute, as I previously mentioned, Harder in her name is Pernell Harder, not Harder or Harder or whatever that commentator that I was watching said, come on, get that fixed. Too. That's, that's, that's poor. There's so many more eyes watching and you can't mispronounce names 
with millions watching. You just can't do that. Now, I, being an idiot from the South in Georgia, in the USA, um, I might be allowed a little bit of leeway around not pronouncing names correctly, um, but not people who are doing play-by-play announcing on television live. Gotta say, gotta say. Um, so with that being said, so we're in the 64th minute, it's now 3-2. Uh, and, you know, uh, and Arsenal is pretty much keen at that point to see the game out, to see the game out, to defensively seen the game out and uh, go ahead and win this. So at the end of the day, they didn't win the possession battle. That was to be expected. Um, Chelsea had 58% of possession and so forth. Passing accuracy, a lot left to be desired for Arsenal, but they were playing a little bit more forward. It's still only 74%. They need to improve that. Uh, Shots on target, very good. Six out of nine, very good Uh, with that. Um, they had less touches, they had less fouls, less corners, less crosses, uh, had more tackles and uh, more interceptions than Chelsea, and were faced, uh, they, had, they had 24 clearances. Important stats, I think, though, for Arsenal that I kind of looked at and looking at some of the advanced numbers, it's important when Vivian Minima gets the ball. When Arsenal last year didn't do well, Vivian Minima didn't touch the ball enough. You know, they really marked her out and so forth. And I think one of the things that's kind of quietly being worked on is her ability to be a playmaker uh, in order to win that, you know, she's covered more intensely and marked more intensely. She's able to get the ball out. I think that's something that's undersold for her. Um, And that was kind of played out in this particular match is she was involved with one goal, one assist. Uh, but she had 34 touches, which is very important. Anytime she gets over 30 touches, then that's very good for Arsenal. Very, very good for Arsenal. She had 34 in this particular match. Now, of course, Leah Williamson led the team in touches. She had 80. Another important aspect is for the shot-creating actions that were created. And Vivian Miedema, again, important thing here, she had three. She led the team in shot-creating actions, followed by a whole host of other folks at two with Kate McCabe and Beth Mead herself, Nikita Paris, who came on as a sub, uh, Beattie um, had one. Um, so they had 12 shot creating actions throughout the match. It's very solid against a very solid, obviously solid Chelsea squad. So that is extremely good as well. The passing really needs to be improved, but I think that will come uh, in terms of defensively. Wadi, of course, yeah, she's going to have the most tackles uh, for Arsenal. And I think she had the most blocks as well. Yes. And she had how many interceptions? She uh, had how many? Yeah, she led the team with Kate McCabe in interceptions as well. I mean, again, I think it's underrated Arsenal's defense, to be honest. People talk about that might be a weakness, and it could be, but maybe in the midfield. But overall, though, Mm, they're strong on defense too, quite honestly. Uh, but the game ends in 3-2. They had a XG uh, 1.1. Chelsea had an XG of also 1.1. So it looks kind of even there. And in a sense, it was kind of back and forth and even. Um, but I think what we need to be careful about if you're an Arsenal fan is to say this, is to say this is very important. they got to win against one of the top two or three teams. That's excellent. Right at the start of the season, they got three points. They're near the top of the league, if not at the top of the league at the end. 
They got a game actually today, as I mentioned, against Slavia Prague in the qualifying round, and they're up 3-0 on aggregate already. They're away from home. That's not, you know, that's not, uh, you know, horrible, you know, but three up already going into a way, way qualifying match in the Champions League. Very good. So things are going really well to start this thing off, right? And um, so things are on the up. And I think they will stay on the up. Now, of course, it's a long season. And, but you don't want to overreact and be like, all right, y'all, we're Gunners, Gunner fans out there. I don't, I don't want y'all out there being like, yeah, we're going to win the league now. You got a chance to win the league, but don't get overexcited because it's a long season. Chelsea was not at their best. Neither were, were Arsenal for that matter. You know, neither was Arsenal. Um, but, with that being said, um, you know, uh, it was not a Chelsea squad that was ready to play. Arsenal was more ready to play the match than Chelsea was. Chelsea is going to get better. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but three points is three points. A win is a win. That's what counts in the end. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the next match coming up for Arsenal women is going to be is today against Slavia Prague. I expect no major changes there. I expect, you know, Arsenal to go through. It's very interesting, kind of a little bit of a sidebar here. Very interesting that we'll be going into the group stages in the, the Women's Champions League with only Arsenal and Chelsea as the representatives from the WSL as Manchester City, um, you know, crashed out yesterday against uh, a uh, Real Madrid side. Um, there, as I mentioned uh, in social media, I think there's going to be a lot of questions and very few answers uh, for uh, Gareth Taylor and Manchester City moving forward. Um, I've been hearing a lot of rumors and rumblings, and of course, it is professional football. There is going to be situations when there's a disappointing loss. There are a lot of uh, a lot of machinations in place, a lot of rumors that happen uh, and so forth. Um, in regards to um, in regards to how this. Uh, city situation is so they're going to focus as Gareth Taylor said their manager focus on domestic um, because you know that's all they got right now uh, and so forth so Arsenal I expect them easily to, to move on through into the group stages and then interestingly enough they have Reading coming up now I expect Reading to play better than um, they did in um, you know against uh, Manchester United uh, at Lee Sports Village over the weekend. I expect a better Reading squad uh, there. Uh, they're a strong squad, um, but I expect, you know, Arsenal is on a little bit of a roll, and I think I expect that to continue. Uh, I do not expect a whole lot of lineup changes. Um, I expect, you know, a pretty solid, strong Arsenal squad going into a weekend match um, against Reading, and I expect an Arsenal, Arsenal win um, in the end. So, with that being said, that is your Arsenal weekly feature. I've gone on rambling, talking uh, for 23 minutes. So this is actually a shorter video. So if you can stay in 23 minutes straight of me talking, then that's awesome. So I encourage you, if you've made it to the end here, I encourage you to smash a like. Also to share this video with your friends and so on on 
social media. I also encourage you to subscribe. It helps the algorithm. If you are listening to this on podcast, we're on all podcast platforms, including Apple. Please give a five-star review or give some type of review wherever you are listening to this uh, podcast version. And please also subscribe and share with your friends. Word of mouth is what is what has gotten England is burning into the spot and position that it is in currently. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Smash a like, subscribe, and I will see you next time. We'll start with brand new shows at the, at the beginning of next week after the next set of WSL matches. Take care, everybody, and uh, take care of each other, y'all.